and welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us this week, your co-hosts, Catherine Lotspeech and Valley and Likely. Well, Val, I don't even know what to say at this point. <laughs> well, I think we can start with listeners. Uh, we were recording this about a half hour after Governor Polis of Colorado issued um, a stay a stay home order. Um that was kind of on the heels of a bunch of counties in Colorado issuing one, and we knew it was a matter of time before he issued one. Um, Governor Little in Idaho also issued a stay-home order as well, but it's 5 o'clock on Wednesday after <laughs> after that's all issued, and we're kind of reflecting on what that means and and just just what that is and trying to process it. Yeah, it's still pretty new to us, and honestly, listeners, while Val and I were talking about what we wanted to talk about this week, um, we were going to take a hard left from from coronavirus and the pandemic because we're numb to it. We're sick and tired of hearing about it. We're sure that you are, too. But um, to do that, we feel, in light of recent events, would be to deny reality. Yeah, I think I, think I looked at a positive yesterday as talking to one of our clients on the phone and and the coronavirus never even got brought up and I I took that as a big win least for me and I'm I want some normalcy right now and I'm I'm begging for normalcy in so many ways um but I think we've got to define what maybe normalcy is going to be like for the next couple weeks and just be able to go with the flow take what God's going to give us take precautionary but be able to laugh through some of this as well. I think laughter is a key part of this, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's not even on our script <laughs> right now. <laughs> but that's a really important thing, and I mean, fortunately, social media seems to be rising to the occasion, having some pretty funny stuff out there right now, and just being able to laugh at ourselves a little bit too. I know for both of us, there's a lot of fear in this, fear of the unknown, because we're planners in type A, and we like to know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is is learning how to stare our fears in the face a little bit right now. Yeah, I think you, when we were talking before we started recording and just kind of you and I processing where we're at and what we're feeling, um, we you had mentioned a quote, I don't even know who it's by or what it's for, but there's two ways you can deal with fear or what fear stands for. You can F everything and run, or you can face everything and rise. And and there has been two or three times this week, Catherine, I've just wanted to open the door, load up in my pickup, and run. I don't know where I want to go. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to get out of here. I want to get out of this world. I want to get out of this pandemic. I just want to leave. But I don't think the pandemic's leaving us. Um, and so I think the only thing we can do is face everything and rise at this point. I think you're exactly right. We have we always have a choice in how we react to stuff, right? And and I think that this is a prime example. And it's really uncomfortable, you know. Um, as an American society, we are conditioned to be busy, 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 busy all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good recipe for not having to deal with a lot of, you know, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're sort of being forced to sit back and reflect. And I think... I think being conscientious of a decision like that to face everything and rise is a key part to surviving this with, you know, your whole self intact. I think that's perfect way to put it. And, you know, just trying to, trying to even at this point, I guess, define what my whole self might look like 
<laughs> in three weeks after this is all all said and done. Um, and knowing that it will pass and it will pass gracefully, hopefully, at the end of this. Um, but but figuring out what, what we can still do, what we can be grateful for, and spending time doing things that we've always kind of wanted to do, maybe. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, there's certainly more time for a lot of things that seem to just get pushed to the side. Um, my husband, who's a teacher, is, is doing a lot of the little projects at home, but he's, you know, finding out other things, like, you know, figuring out things that he would like to spend more time on and, and give a little bit more thought to. And I, you know, I think we're working on that as well. And, you know, this is certainly not how we envisioned the first quarter of 2020 um, or the new decade. You know, it's it's certainly been unprecedented, nothing we've experienced in our lifetimes. Um, but it's, it's, it's rearranging life in such a way that it's making me at least really conscientious about how intentional I want to be about some things. And I think this is a good time at the end of the first quarter, at the start of a new quarter and the start or the beginning of of a lot of unknown to reflect on what quarter one looked like, what our goals were at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, and where we are with those. Because like we've talked recently, um, goals are, uh, the general idea of goals typically stays the same, but the path towards them may wander. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we had that conversation yesterday. Um, be, be hard set on your goals, but flexible in the method to get there. Yeah, so for me, the the goal that I shared with you and with Millennial Ag and the rest of the world was to run a 5K um, in 2020, and my husband pushed me a little bit and said, let's get it done right away. So that race was set for um, April 5th, and it was almost two weeks ago now we got the notification that that race was canceled. And past Catherine would have been like, well, that's that. That's (laughs) cool. Nice. Don't have to deal with that. But actually... The last couple of weeks have made me really, really want to run that stupid race because I've been running for the first time in my life for a lot of different reasons. Um, and to continue to push myself and know, you know, know that my body and mind are capable of that or something that I want to accomplish. And so I'm still running. I've been on the treadmill. I've been out on the ditch road the last couple of days. And come hell or high water, on April 5th, I am running 3.1 miles. Yeah. And, and what's cool about the um our technology and the world we live in is you you know it might not be a marked out race and it might not be with a lot of people but you can still make it happen yeah yeah i can and i think you know one of the really cool things has been that the second that race was canceled my husband texted me and said we're still doing it and a couple other friends who had signed up had said we're still doing it and you had said just last week Catherine, we're still doing it we're going to find as many people as we can to run it Maybe not as many people as we can anymore, but individually, we're all going to run that. Absolutely. And it might be might be on your ditch bank or it might be wherever. It might be on the treadmill. It might Who be knows? on the treadmill, <laughs> but we'll, we'll all run a 5K on the 5th because we can. Because we can and because we said we were going to. And I think, you know, that that rising of community and support has been really unexpected and something that I'm really really encouraged and uplifted by right now. And I think even with this devastation, this freak out, um, it's really cool to see all the people coming out and just supporting 
each other and loving each other and texting and calling and trying to connect with people even when it could be easy just to mole up at home yeah and and watch movies for the next two weeks three weeks four weeks I can't remember what the end deadline is goodness knows how long and I think too you know this has been a really good reminder to slow down and remember what's important is that Mm -hmm. that community even if it's over FaceTime or or via text or whatever Um, You know, it seems like it's sort of gotten us a little bit out of ourselves that we've been so used to being glued to, you know, a screen and reminded what's really important. Absolutely. And it and it's trying to put the fear behind us and remember, remember those good things that we still have and what we can still do in the midst of all this. Yeah, exactly. So my first quarter, um, as far as the race goes, has been completely upended. Um, work has definitely um, taken on a new new blush for me. Um, things have obviously significantly slowed down. A lot of big projects we were really going to hit go on this spring um, are, are sitting a lot more idle now. So what about you? What's what's your first quarter been like? Oh man, I don't I don't even know where to get started with my first quarter. I started off the year with a bang, really busy, um, just blowing and going. Um, and then in I think it was February or the end of January, I decided to sign up for my professional engineering exam to take on April 17th. Which, by the way, people, it's a huge freaking deal. Valine is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I, um, the rules changed in Colorado to the point where I could take it April 17th. I could get licensed sooner and I could work towards some of my goals a little sooner than we all had hoped. So super exciting, but also really nerve wracking. So I went from really um, being diligent about my goals in January, which was three hours of quiet time a week, and I was documenting it. I was doing really good, as some of you may notice, may have noticed through social media. But um, February hit, and March, most of March hit, and I was trying to spend some quiet time reading before I went to bed, trying to do some of that, but I wasn't documenting it, and I was lucky to get day-to-day getting a couple problems studied, trying to just wrap my mind around about what God's plan was for me for the next two weeks or two months and how I was going to get study and how I was going to pass this exam. And I had said no to social media. I had turned some things off in my life so that I could really focus on that goal in front of me. Well, let's see. The last time I was in Idaho, um, two Two weeks weeks ago, ago, um, I got an email saying that my engineering exam had just been canceled. They didn't reschedule it. They didn't postpone it. They just canceled it, refunded my money. So that put that completely on hold. Um, next time I can take it, as long as everything goes fine, is October. So that puts that back six months. And then all of a sudden, you know, just like Catherine said, with work, everything's kind of on idle a little bit, you know, like, and and part of it's my doing because I don't know. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what the economy is bringing. I don't know where we're going. I'm still working full time. I'm so blessed to be able to do that. Um, but but where are we going? What it, what's it going to look like? And how am I going to lead a team through it? And so my my year started off going, and then it really went, and then it's like a standstill. So I'm learning, you know, to be okay sitting at home doing yoga, and and so forth, rather than studying and so and everything, you know, having Catherine wanting to still run a 5k 
helps me to continue to get outside and burn some of my anxious energy or fearful energy um, because that's something we can do with the stay-at-home order. Um, and so that's that's my my shift of the quarter one, <laughs> and I I don't know whether to honor that God has been able to allow me to meet my quiet time goals now or to find find another goal I want to achieve during this lull period because I got more quiet time than I know what to do with (laughs) almost to a fault now and trying to keep myself motivated to continue in some kind of normal schedule, get up, work out, get dressed, go on with my day just like I would if everything was open. Right. And I, you know, it it sounds like you've had, you, you have had to have a major perspective shift too. I mean, you're going full throttle zero to 75 and all of a sudden you're almost back at zero which if anybody knows Valine, she doesn't like zero very much (laughs) (laughs) well and it's i'm a i would class my classify myself as a social introvert and so yeah being being unable to just say call somebody and say let's go grab a beer is really hard yeah yeah and i think You know, your point about honoring the goal that you set out for the first of the year or switching it to something else. I think, I think probably, you know, a molding or a a, a melding of those two things, you know, would, would be a somewhere in the happy middle instead of, you know, one extreme or the other. But I think it's safe to say that obviously the first 90 days of 2020, you know, we had planned out pretty particularly what we were going to do in the last, the last, 15, 30 days have been pretty earth-shaking mm-hmm. for, for those of us who really like to plan and for the world at large. And I think, you know, for for me, I've been thinking a lot and, and talking to family and friends about what this massive slowdown means. And like we've said before, it's unprecedented. Um, you know, a lot of us have never experienced anything like this. I mean, the last true pandemic that, that I'm aware of was the Spanish flu in the late or in the 1900s. Um, you know, and there was a far smaller world population and, and much less globalized than we are now. So, you know, what does it what does it mean for for this slowness and this this idling to be forced upon us? And you know, the thing that comes to my mind um, is that for for me and 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 my Christianity and my personal faith is that God is asking us to slow down and to let go to let go of being in charge all the time. And, you know, that's that's a lesson he's been trying to teach me for a long time. Um, and I've had some pretty big wake-up calls about it in the last six months. But I think even more so, it's, it's you know, becoming more universal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so hard to reflect on that because in this time, we really learn what's important in our lives. We learn when things are stopped and we have time to reflect where our mind goes, where our heart goes, who are we checking in with, who's supporting us, where is our foundation laid? And I think starting there and spending our quiet time now and our extra time at home, figuring out those things, I think is where God's directing me. Because at some point, we're going to ramp up again. Um, But the question is, to what extent? And what's our new normal, air quotes around that, going to look like when this is all said and done? What's our perspective going to be when we've had, for me, 
three weeks to <laughs> intentionally reflect on on things. And I have to be careful that I don't overanalyze and get down squirrel trails. But it's also a time for me to spend more time reading and writing and with in the word for me and things like that. Um, whereas before, I was just blowing and going and and just, you know, I'd, I'd say my nightly prayers and scribble a few thoughts down in my journal. But now I have an hour or two at night to actually write, which is something for me um, five or ten years ago would have never happened. Right. I, I think you're exactly right. Those are, you know, those are the things to reflect on. And and I wonder, too, you know, when things do ramp up again, what are we going to leave behind? What kind of baggage and crap and baloney, you know, that we've been carrying around thinking is necessary for our day-to-day lives that amidst this slowdown, we realize we don't have to have anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be any number of things for all of us. And that's, you know, that's where some of this personal reflection will take us. But I truly wonder, are we going to leave behind the crap and carry on forward stronger and lighter with the things that truly matter? Yeah, and it's just, it's been a little refreshing for me to see, you know, the governor of Colorado, the governor of Idaho, Trump, all these people that have just come out of um, or had to halt politics a little bit. And, you know, come together on a front to protect the whole and the good of the United States of America, which is something that has not been happening at all. Right. Something that is hard to even remember, um, especially for us being part of one of the younger generations, um, you know, setting aside some of that noise, even though there's still been plenty of noise, Mm -hmm. um, thinking about and focusing on what really matters keeping people healthy and safe, um, you know, providing as much as we possibly can for people on the front lines, our healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, just putting aside a lot of that acrimony and, and partisanship and, you know, just junk that only serves to divide us. And not just politically, but socially in our communities. How can we, how can we grow from this and what can we leave behind to, yeah, to move forward? And I think after we emerge from isolation, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and that's like trying to just continue to put things in perspective and know that when we're when we're all said and done with this, there is something positive we can bring out of it. And there's stuff that's positive now. You know, we're connecting with friends on a level that I've never, you know, connected with them on. Um, telling them how I truly feel and opening up and, um ugly crying in front of my boss things that you don't that would you would have never expected out of me are happening and it's it's not great at the time but you know when I can look back and laugh at it and go you know I did that and I'm actually proud of that vulnerability is definitely something that's coming out of this for a lot of people and it's a hard hard thing to do but it's also something that helps you grow as a person it is, and I think Catherine and I, we've both been very blessed to have each other through this. Yes. And multiple other things in our lives, and we can't, it'll all, you'll get more and more of our stories um, in the coming months through all this, um, but we want to know, well, we want you, Millennial Ag, to know we're also here for you. We're here to be a sounding board. We're here to listen to you. We're here to ugly cry on, because we're no strangers to it. <laughs> no, we've ugly cried on both of each other now. Um <laughs> 
And and that's okay to do. Find your person or persons um, to ugly cry with and just have a few beers if that's what you want or a glass of whiskey and a cigar and and just let your emotions go a little bit or find a safe place you can do that because through all this you need that person yep or persons to, to be able to let go of some of that control and face everything and rise mm-hmm. that's really important so whether that's us or that's somebody else in your life we encourage you to to reach out to that person as always you know where to find us you can Um, direct message us on Instagram, Facebook, or email, obviously. (laughs) Um, We would love to hear how you're dealing with quarantining, social distancing, um, and more importantly, what you're getting out of this experience, what the universe is maybe trying to tell you, what your experience has been these last couple weeks and what it will continue to be for the next couple weeks. So, Millennial Ag, we appreciate you joining us today on a much more reflective and philosophical episode than we expected to give you, but we're grateful for you and your appreciation of us, and we're looking forward to continuing the journey. Thank you.